Too Broke for Therapy, a podcast where I am not a therapist, but I am Stephen Baker, and this is the only advice podcast in the world hosted by me, and this is a podcast where we gather each and every week to talk life, love, and everything in between, and this week I have two amazing guests on, but we'll hold that for a second. I just want to talk about one thing because I want to get into this meteor episode of the podcast and kind of get through this intro quickly, but tomorrow I turn 26 years old at the time of recording this, obviously. To be honest, 25 wasn't the best year of my life. To be honest, I probably wouldn't put it in the top 20 years of my life. I didn't really care for 25. I didn't like 25. I had a lot of people telling me that that was the best year of their life, but obviously that's subjective. 25 to me was a year of growth. It was a year of understanding and realization, but on my birthday, I tend to get very reflective. I tend to sit and kind of think about the positives, the negatives, the goals that I've achieved, the goals that I failed to achieve over the past year and so on and so forth. But 25 was fun. I had a good time. You know, it was a good ride. Every year is filled with ups and downs and things that you can appreciate and things that you don't really appreciate. And I think that in my 25th year, I didn't really appreciate what I got out of myself towards the things that I actually care about, whether that be being more creative or being more social or not wallowing on things that make me kind of sad and uncomfortable in my life. And I think 26 could be a better year for not only my outlook, but also myself physically. And I think that a lot of people go through this when they get older or, you know, there's a new year, right? Like a lot of people make resolutions on New Year's Eve, but for my birthdays, I tend to usually make resolutions for myself. And I feel like I really didn't live up to those that I set a year ago when I turned 25. And I'm going to try to add a couple of easy goals and a couple of big goals for 26 and try to hit those. And I can't really specify what those are because they are very personal, but I can tell you that it definitely has to do with the podcast and it definitely has to do with my output creatively. And to be honest, I know that a lot of people have been talking to me about this podcast and, you know, obviously we just took three weeks off, but May is filled with a lot of things like Champions League, a lot of my friends' birthdays, work, you know, it's a new season, it's uh, okay to go outside in San Francisco all of a sudden, which of course I love because I get to go out and disc with my friends and be outside and be in the sun, but at the same time, this is important to me and this is something that I value and when I think about the last year and things that do mean something to me and that I do value, this podcast is definitely one of those things, so I appreciate you guys all for listening and I hope you continue to as you guys seemingly do every time I put one of these things out. So I, like I said, am very thankful for that and I'm excited to get older. I'm excited to move forward and I'm excited to have it kind of a, I wouldn't necessarily call it a restart per se, but I would probably say that it's definitely more of a kind of recentering of my thought process and definitely kind of gives me a start and end point for some things that I'd like to achieve. So 
I appreciate you all again, and there could be no better guests to have on my birthday episode than my two lovely parents, Steve Baker, and I'll call her Debbie Baker because she's a close personal friend of mine. You might have to call her Deborah, but my mom and dad. This is actually something that I've wanted to do since the beginning of Too Broke for Therapy, but I never had both of my parents in the same room, in the right place, with the right audio equipment. But they were both up here for Mother's Day a couple of weeks ago, so I sat them both down. And we kind of talk about their general love story, how they got to know each other, what it was like for my mom to move from England to America, and how to adjust to that, as well as answer some of your guys' questions with my parents. So I'm very excited to get into that. But if you guys could take anything away from this episode, I just want you to know that this is is probably the most important episode to me. This is something that I would preach to everybody, is to record a conversation with your parents. I think it is so valuable and something that you could definitely hold on to. Everyone has a recording device literally in their pocket. You have an audio recorder on your phone. Sit down, have a conversation, even if they aren't aware. But I'm telling you, that conversation you have saved will be so much more valuable to you once those people aren't around. I know a lot of people that keep voicemails and things like that when their parents or a loved one passes, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen to my parents anytime soon, but I am going to drain them of all the content I fucking can before they do, because it's important to me. You know, I listen to old albums that are six years old. Why can't I listen to a conversation I had with my dad when I was 25? You know, something I can give to my grandkids, even my son, and be like, this is what your grandpa was like. This is some, you know, stuff that you probably shouldn't listen to till you're 18, but I'm still very excited to have this stuff down on my computer, and it's something that I value very highly. So if you are ever interested in doing that, ask your parents. And, I mean, how many people really know how their parents met or know where their parents are from or know their parents' real stories, especially as an adult? And that's something that I really wanted to get down with them and share kind of not with you guys, but obviously this is more for me. But I definitely want to give you guys insight on my upbringing and who I am as a person. And if you guys could take anything away from this episode outside of possibly doing this with a loved one or one of your family members, which I guess is the same fucking thing, Stephen. But you know what I mean, guys. It's that I hope you take away who I am from these two people. These are the people who literally created me and raised me, and I really do think roughly 45 minutes of us talking gives you a real insight to why I am the way I am and the two people that raised me and how they influenced me, and I think that you guys will understand the podcast a lot better, understand me a lot better, and respect kind of the upbringing that I had and kind of understand where I'm coming from most of the time based off of this. So I appreciate you guys a lot again, and I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Thanks for all the birthday love. If you sent it to me, I'm going to put this out the night before my birthday. So thank you, everybody. I love you. 26. I hope it's a better year for everything in my life, including the podcast. And keep listening and keep submitting questions to at2brokefortherapy.com slash submit. You guys are fucking sick. Let's get into this song. We'll talk with my parents. I'm going to do a small recommendations thing at the end and kind of wrap up the episode, but let's fucking do it. Steve Baker, Deborah Baker, let's get it. Brush my teeth, choose an outfit, big racks in my account, I get paid. Every day, smoke the loudest, I get packed in by the ounce, I just play. And I got things from back in the day, still bringing me down, I'm on stage. But I want no stress, why they trying to control S, coming around to get saved. I don't want a war, let's make peace. Good energies make the stacks increase. Girls in the north, west, south and the east. Big fatty make the man them say cheese. 
I'm not a gentleman, I'm an African man, is what I said to the priest. So you know I stay smoking trees and the buds in a zip pack looking obese. I just came back from Mars in my new spaceship, it was a perfect landing. Okay. <laughs> Alright everybody, welcome back to Too Broke for Therapy. Like I said, I'm sitting here today with my mother and my father. Something that is, I want to say, pretty rare. And it is very rare for my father to be up here. He's actually never come to visit me in Sac or Sacramento. Oh, my God. If I know, hey, listen, listen, guys. Listen, I'm loose. I'm with you guys. You know, Sacramento, that is the exact opposite of where I want to live. San Francisco, I'm not in Lady Bird or something. Um, but I'm sitting here in San Francisco with both of my parents, and I'm very happy to be doing that. You know, it is Mother's Day weekend, which is why I have them both in town. And I am sitting, of course, with my beautiful mother, Deborah. Debbie, would you like to say something to the to the people out there? It's just really good to be here, and this this place gives me happiness. I what? just love the city. Being here in the city, San Francisco. Why do you visiting love San Francisco? you? I just love everything about it. You it's like the, the vibe, the openness, the the acceptance. Yeah, it's very uh, open. It's a very nice place to live, and everyone is very free to do what they'd like to do. Dad, this is your first time like actually being up here, and first off. Welcome, Steve Baker, the original Papa Steve, a, a, a legend in the friend group that I have. Uh, he's on the mic. He's here. He's ready to say something. Dad, hello. Good afternoon. Oh, wow. You sound like you're talking to a cop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> uh, do you like San Francisco? How do you feel about it? It's your first time being here. so I just have one personal comment. I thank you for the earthquake. That, um, yeah, we did started. just have an earthquake right before was, the recording you know, of the podcast. pretty important. A unison earthquake, you know, we're all three sitting down. And it was kind of scary, so I'm a little bit nervous. It was like, let's start, and then <laughs> the front pole, and it's like we're like three stories high in this building structure. It's a real San Francisco experience. I told my mom, I was like, usually when there's an earthquake in my house, I just wake up and go, oh, shit, that's an earthquake, and go back to bed. It's never like a real serious Well, you thing. didn't see us running. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. They, but you were definitely scared. Dad w Dad literally had to tell us that he loved us both. And I us still think about it every second for a few minutes. Can we go downstairs? No, we were not go downstairs. No. Oh. Third story is fine for me, and I am high enough, clearly, because that's why you both are on the podcast. Um, so I want to talk to you guys real quick about a couple of things before we dive into listener questions. As my mom knows, because she's listened to this podcast before, my dad, this is actually his first time sitting down, listening to me talk on mic, and you said that you were a little shocked. Yes, your intelligence is beyond what I ever thought you had. It's wow, amazing. thanks. What a, what a compliment. <laughs> that is a, sounds like an absolute insult. I just got dunked on. <laughs> I appreciate it. Maybe you should say that differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I'm up. saying is you're very impressive in your microphone skills. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I try to carry myself with a, a, a piece mm -hmm. of dignity when I talk <laughs> on the mic. I don't want to come across as a total dum-dum, but that usually does end up happening. If you listen to a full episode of the podcast, which, Too Broke for Therapy, guys, you're listening to it. That's why I have my parents on. We're going to answer your questions today, which is what you guys are going to be helping me do. As you know, I ask people to send questions to the podcast at twobrokefortherapy.com slash submit or to the Twitter at TBFT podcast. People send us questions and we answer them. I have a couple of questions lined up for both of you today because they both involve parents. Uh, one is a SoCal local who is having problems uh, kind of explaining his lifestyle to his parents and another person is merely asking what it takes to live away from your parent. Now, not so much on their end with moving, but more on the end of how does that affect a parent emotionally as someone who's probably always lived with their parents? So we'll get to that in a second. I want to get into it first off by asking you guys a couple questions. Now, I always encourage people 
to record a podcast with their parents or their friends or their family because imagine if that person wasn't in your life anymore and you had a conversation with them saved forever. Some people I know don't have people in their lives anymore and you know they'll save voicemails and stuff like that, but this is an actual conversation I'm having with my parents real time and I'm excited for you guys to you know, be here and get to share this with me and this is something that I know I'll keep for the rest of my life, so I do appreciate that. And I know this isn't the last one that we'll ever do. You know, I have recordings of you guys in the past that I keep in my pocket and stuff like that just when we're talking because it's something I appreciate because I have a very interesting couple of people that raised me and I think that you are both very funny, hence why I think that I'm somewhat credited as being funny. Especially my father who is a legendary storyteller and I want to ask him a couple of things to tell you guys. Um, let me let me just start by this. I would love to know from both of you if you recall how you met. I don't recall how we met, but I remember what happened when I knew I was going to marry that woman. You could tell me about it. Well, we were standing somewhere in the middle of a party, and I see this is this is the 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 veil that is over this thing. This is like people don't know how their parents meet, and now you're explaining me this. This, you know, we were somewhere and then I was at a party. It's like, that's like how every parent tells his no, no, kid no, no, they no. met. I'm like, not oh, we done. were in a park and we said hello. It's like, no, give no. me the fucking details, bro. This, the details was in the fact that it was, when I touched her elbow, there was a spark. That made me realize that she was special. I didn't know it was the carpet under my feet causing me to have electricity and static. It was probably a shag carpet, right? Was this <laughs> the Houston, Texas in the 1980s? Yeah. Actually, it was in the kitchen. Yes, she remembered. I just was amazed that you remember too. So how do you remember it, Mom? We're just all hanging out. You know. Was it a, was it a party or how many people like were there? Was I did like not say how she, we well, met. Well, we all I'm mingled. Saying. We all mingled in the same crowd. So, and then... His cousin, you know, introduced us to each other. Talking the mic, you're talking out this way. There's no way. I know. Sorry. This is how we actually met. What I said was just when I knew I was going to yeah. be with her. But how did we actually, how did you actually yeah, meet, Mom? Just our, our, our friends all hung out together. Is it really that simple? Like, is that how my parents met each other? They just met through friends? Is that how I'm going to meet my wife? Through friends? I'm not going to, you know... Like, Dad tells it like a romantic story. Obviously, he is a romantic, but, like, him telling it as in, I touched her elbow, I felt a spark, and you're just like, I don't know, her fucking friends are introduced <laughs> us, and the next thing I know, I'm married to this fucking guy. <laughs> no, think about That's it. pretty much just, how it just think about it a little bit more Okay, creatively. so, basically, um, I was story. friends with one of his friends, and so we used to hang around each other, and then we would go visit Steve on days, and... Say, hey, you want to go surfing? So we would go surfing. And this is in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Yes, and I was but the older gentleman, see. You were an older gentleman? What's You're the age se gap? Seven. seven. I'm seven years older. Mm -hmm. Wow. An older gentleman. And then our friend was like in the middle. You know, he's like a couple years older than me. So let me ask you this. Now, as an older gentleman meeting a younger woman, do you think that the skipping forward a couple of months or years, how long was it before you actually asked her to marry you? About a year. About a year. Wow, that's fast. Well, <laughs> I mean, this we, is this is in modern era. That's fast. Um, yes, we lived together. My mom's looking at my dad skeptically. Let me just. I'm trying to remember. Format, this is this was. You're talking twenty something years ago. Give us a few minutes. It's kind of cloudy. It was like over thirty. <laughs> okay. See, there was already cloudy. <laughs> so, so what was your initial reaction to him asking you to marry? Was it a an immediate yes or was it like a you know? I think we both kind of had it. 
planned. Up. All right. So you guys were already. So in the it was mindset. in the bedroom at our apartment. <laughs> you know. You didn't do it at like a restaurant or anything. No, it was in bed. It was in bed. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm gonna stop. I'm pretty guy. serious about this stuff. I didn't come stuff. around for a long. Oh yeah, yeah. I can tell you're very serious about this stuff. And then, okay. Just to describe the mood in the room, I mean, it was morning oh. time. We're just hanging out. You know, we have like, you know, all our posters up on the wall. Can you, can you explain a couple of posters on the wall? Like David Bowie, you know, all the like inserts that you get from all your vinyls. So you have like David Bowie. I want to know, you know, I want to have a oh, setting here. Give me, give me a set. Oh, we had, you know, the Stones, Rod Stewart. Jeff well, Lynn. If there was, say this was a movie and there was a song to be playing like softly in the background, could you put a song to it? I mean, even a George Harrison, you know. Oh, like a light George Harrison song. Mm-hmm. All right, wow, very neat. <laughs> shout out to Liverpool. Shout out to the UK. Shout out to my mom. All right, guys. So you guys get, you know, engaged. And then you guys waited a while to actually get married, right? Correct. We had to set the date, figure it all out exactly when that happened. But we lived together for a while. Chose it was time to get married and well the thing was is that I think we were kind of hungo about it like okay we can do Let's this get married. within like three months or something and then my mom was like whoa you know let's let's step and back a minute she was more like whoa uh, it this, you know. this takes like a year to plan or something <laughs> so so we planned the wedding. So you planned the wedding. You got married in a gazebo in Houston, the park. It's Sam Houston Park. Sam Houston Park. And now a story that dad has always told me and something I'd like him to tell everybody is how he almost got cold feet. Oh, no, not that. Oh, I don't <laughs> know if I want to tell that, but it's a true story. Tell me. Okay, so at the I drove there. I had surfboards, everything loaded up into the car. This is we how were, my dad goes to his wedding, by the way. Uh, yes, everything. Yes. In the car. <laughs> so, uh, and the dog. And the dog, and everything's in the car and loaded up, ready to go, because we were going to go on our honeymoon after the reception that evening. We're going to begin immediately. So everything's in the car, and everybody was over in the park, and everything was going on, and I had that moment where I thought I could just get in the car and drive to Florida by myself. And Why, why know, Florida? Because that's where the vacation was. Right? Oh, okay. Because we already had the room rented. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have had a place to stay. You're no, like, we... Run away, have a place to stay. That was my moment. So anyway, so as I'm sitting there and making... Let me, let me tell you the story. And as I'm trying to make my decide, I'm, I got my hands on the vehicle, and it's all loaded up. And at that moment, I looked up, and there was Debbie's mom. A very angry British woman <laughs> who yes. all, is With like a heart of like pride. She wasn't angry. She, she was, was always kind of She angry. was, I'm just saying, her arms were upstretched over her head. <laughs> as if I should have been there a few minutes ago. So I decided, you know, that lady's pretty serious. Like I said, she's so a stern British She person. wanted people she on time. People will be on time. But yes, and so then I, it was up to Angela. It came, she came across my the grandma. street, and escorted me across the street. So and she made me to the sure wedding. my dad went to the wedding. <laughs> and Shout then out to my grandma, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I miss you. I love you. But you know what I mean. That that's uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of woman she was. I would be afraid of. I am. A, I was afraid of my grandma mm-hmm. because she did teach me a lot. You know, she was probably the one who, you know, showed me Star Wars a thousand times and you too. But I'm just saying in general, like. She also made sure that the I happened, so she kind of co-signed it. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate her for that. Happy grandmother's <laughs> But w- I was pretty clueless. I'm just sitting, you know, in the car, in the limo. There was, yeah, she was around just hanging around with the girls, <laughs> having she a great time. Get... have no idea that he's, you know, Thinking a block about... away going, should I cross the street? <laughs> or just get in the car and go on the surf trip. Yeah, well, that's all. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> 
It's the surf trip, man. So before you guys actually had me, now that we passed the wedding, which I'm sure was a splendid time, I'm sure that the, you know, I've seen photos of the park. I've been to the gazebo. I stumbled across a homeless man there once when I was a youth. Very scarring experience for me. <laughs> I ran through this park in Houston at like 1030 at night by myself, like looking for my dad because he was like, go over there. Look in that gazebo. That's where we got married. Me and your mom. Take a couple steps up. <laughs> this is the a next true thing story. I know, I see like a little like what I thought was a sleeping bag, but ins- or like a thing rolled up for the gazebo. But the next thing I know, it's a homeless guy who like kind of pops up like a, a 1930s film mummy, and he's like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, that's a man! And I ran so hard. You actually called them hobos until you were like in the ninth grade. <laughs> Listen, dude, hobos not are homeless. Hobos are al- <laughs> they were. <laughs> Hobos, hobos are way more romantic. They carry a, a satchel over a, a stick or a, a you know a, a basket, a basket stick, whatever that you call. It. They're traveling around. I Ho- can't believe you remembered what he called them. Of course, There's I'm sure she hobo. remembers a lot. There's a hobo in there. You know, hobos. They freaked me out. I'm just saying, they freaked me out. So, after that, you guys also were parents to two animals, right? You guys had a dog and a cat. Now that was kind of the predecessor to Stephen and Delaney, my sister was you guys practicing with these animals. Now, That's correct. Uh, I, I know these animals by Lady and George, right? George was the cat. Fred, whatever, <laughs> dude, fuck it. Fred. I never met the guy, or if I did, I don't remember. Well, he left the week <laughs> he, <came. laughs> he moved yeah. out when you moved in, dude. Yeah, well, anyway, so. He left. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was still looking for him. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, not to bring up. He's the, like the, the new baby's coming in town. It's time go. to leave the yeah, quarters. He, he, pa- he's he not became a hobo. He packed a <laughs> stick and a little a little blanket. He walked down the street. He with was his cat not going to share the bed no more. <laughs> so, you guys had these animals kind of as like I'm sure like could we have kids right? I mean, you already had Lady the dog and stuff like that, but. Yes, the dog was in my wedding. The dog <laughs> went with me for 16 years. I still miss her. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. And I, you guys clearly care about these animals as much as you care about me and my sister. But I'm sure that how you guys how you guys recall these animals must be like very fond. Obviously, my dad misses that dog very much. I'm a dog person and I'm a cat person because of both of you. And how did that go? Did you guys ever have any quarrels? I talked to a lot of people who have dogs or have cats on this podcast about what it's like to be a young person raising an animal. But for you guys, was it was there any ever any like contention or anything? I was pretty easygoing, but the dog went everywhere. We went. <laughs> you couldn't even front seat of the car. Sit in the back. Sorry. <laughs> We had a firebird, so those seats laid down. <laughs> I don't think any any millennial does not know what a firebird is. I think that's the sad separation. It's like I'm it's like a Camaro. Yeah, I'm like the last year born where we're like we can still remember an era without cell phones, which is fucking crazy to me. But the fact that like you guys reference a firebird is even crazier. Um, so. You guys have these animals. They were lovely. Um, Dad, I know you have like a legendary tale of when your beautiful beast uh, finally laid to rest. You mm. packed the car and just drove to the woods, right? No. Do I have to tell this story? Sure, I can tell no, this story. This is super cry. easy because she was a German shepherd. Uh, raised her in where I had her in Texas, which is a flatland. My whole, the whole goal of having her was taking her to the rim of the world drive, which is up there by Big Bear. So I chose to lay her rest up there. And I had a big rock where I used to sit on and play guitar, which is about 30 to 40 feet straight up in the air. 
the only way she could get up there to me was she had to run around on the ground down below me. She couldn't get up there. So I would sit up there and play my guitar, and it used to drive her crazy because she's down there running around and around and around, and he's up there, and he can't get to him. 30 feet in the architecture of the rock this very day if I've you want to go I've there. been to the rock multiple okay, times. That's so why that's, I say. And so then when she passed away, that's where I carried her and buried her. And she was not a light animal to carry up a hill in the snow. Just your mom can verify. It was a pretty tri- traumatic and uh, were tricky you there, experience. Mom? I had to help carry oh, wow. the 90-pound dog <laughs> up the hill. So this was like a good fella scene. Like you were up there with a shovel <laughs> in a national park, I, and I'm not. And you know, then the you co- had to park. <laughs> I think the statue of limitations is, is far past. <laughs> oh, but I'm hope saying, they don't you, find that. You dug into a national park to bury an animal. And we had to park on a turnout. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys committed multiple crimes, but. It is still beautiful because you know where this dog lays to rest. You cannot mess with that dog that is right there. I'll go to that rock today. She's right there. Yeah. That's a huge boulder. Uh, yeah. No one's going to mess with no. Build around it. Whatever. Well, that's a lovely story. That's one of my favorite dad stories. That's why I had you tell it. Now, you guys lived in Texas. Obviously, dad, you were born in Texas, right? That is correct. And where were you born? I was born in Baytown, Texas. Shouts out to the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right Shrimp. by the coast, close to the sea. Exactly. That's where my dad likes to be, 100%. I'm telling you, Absolutely. my dad, my dad has been in San Francisco, not known for like its beach culture. Everyone says it's not a beach city, it's a city by a beach. And he made me drive two different locations to check off the waves since he's been here, and he's been here for two days. Absolutely. So that is the kind of person my dad is. Now, you moved from Baytown to California, I'm sure for surf, sun, and all the fun. Well, it was a, no, actually we came here because of the sequoias and the wilderness and the woods that Yosemite and stuff like that. It wasn't just the beach, the beach we could find anywhere. Yeah. And I think that that's very important to my well-being because obviously I spent a lot of my times in the woods and like in the desert and in national parks as a kid. And I think that that helped me develop a love for all of that stuff. And I think that that's one of the best qualities I have. Mm like from you is like a sense of adventure from both of you and I'm not, and I'm not saying that and I like in a light way I think that I I have a lot of friends like you know I don't want to reference anyone by name but like <laughs> never really had that as a part of their childhood and like still could give a fuck to do that I'm very happy to be in like a point in my life where like that's where I go when I feel sad I run to the redwoods up north or I do anything like that because it is something that makes me happy well you could yeah you can go to to the beach and then end up in Yosemite the same day and that's and the then cu- next that's morning drive down to San Diego and catch a a surf break exactly <laughs> and <laughs> I mean well this is it that's not a far stretch for my dad that's what I'm saying you're someone mom who came from England and moved where to Pennsylvania now that it sounds like moving from a semi okay like oh. but when you flew in you you did come to New York New York City and yeah. then but that's a farther stretch for you, Mom, because you moved from the UK, England. Like you literally almost left from the port of Liverpool on the Queen Mary to get here, right? Yes, but my mom did not want to chase three little girls around a ship. And that sounds literally weeks. like the beginning <laughs> of weeks. the Titanic. <laughs> now, I'm just saying, like with the sister ship to the Queen Mary, might I add, as a ship historian, or as I like to call it, a seaman. Um, but okay, sorry, that was supposed to get a laugh. My dad's drinking water, my mom's drinking wine. Anyway, I was a seaman. Oh, he was. My dad was also in the Navy, which <laughs> I want to ask one question about in a second. But so you came by air and you landed in New York and then you went to live in Pennsylvania for how long? Till I was in the sixth grade. And then we moved to Texas. And then you moved to Texas. So you were actually only in England until you were how old? I thought you were there until you were a teenager, like 10, 11. Yeah. 
But we were back, and f- you know. Yeah, you hopped across the pond a couple times. Yeah. My dad was an engineer, and, and then he came over to the States. He wanted to go to the States, or he wanted to go to Australia. Fuck Australia. I'm and glad then, I'm not Australian. But he was, you know, who he was, so no, he wanted to come to the States. And but, but, but the reason he came here, because of the steel industry, which was a big part of American life, if you look it back. It was an industrial in engineer. And so there was a lot of back and forth between England. And that's why he had to get it. And the, if you look back, the steel industry was becoming very important at that time. Yeah. So, so because of his job, you would go back and forth between England and the United States a lot. So until he decided to what? Move to Houston, Texas? Was that the big romantic escape from Pennsylvania? Or why Why Texas? I, I don't know. I'm asking. No, you. he got transferred to Houston. And then that's just And then he was traveling back and forth to Houston to Pennsylvania. Like, he wouldn't come home, but, like, every two weeks. And then after that, and you then were just And then my mom decided, no, we're going. And I'm like, damn it. Nobody <laughs> wanted to go. No, who wants to go to Houston? I mean, <laughs> I like it. I have, I have my dad's, like, we're watching. My, we literally are recording this during a Houston Rockets <laughs> Golden State Warriors game. My dad is a huge <laughs> Lakers fan. <laughs> Lakers, <laughs> he can't even finish the sentence because he loves them so much. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying you're a huge Lakers fan. But for some reason, because I'm a Golden State Warriors, like he was a Rockets West Coast fan affiliate, first. He is a Rockets fan first. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yes, because Hakeem. my mother was in the Continental Building right next to the Summit, and, and when every time she'd come home from work, she had to go through the traffic, which was the Rockets. Well, shout out to the Rockets, baby, and that's and the so game we were watching. And so then they won back-to-back championships right before she passed away. Kenny the Jet Smith. Um, so there you go. That's anyway, sorry, sorry to break into the rocket <laughs> stock. Anyway, so you moved to Texas when you were how old? I was going in the sixth grade. Oh, wow. Twelve. So, so uh, would would you prescribe your, because you have older sisters, you have, you know. It was uh, hard to move, if that's what you're asking. 100%, but when you were in Houston, do you think after a couple of years you kind of adapted to just being a Texan? Like, would you, uh, w- how would you say you're, you're, obviously, like, I knew my grandma and my grandpa both by having hard like Scouse British accents or something like that like my entire life but you were like you know a you sound like you're from Texas that's all I'm saying so you, you I sound like I'm from Texas because you know during my junior high and high yeah. school years you know of course you acclimate yourself to the culture yeah so do you think that like your high I never really well, well, no. tell me no. okay <laughs> that's fine <laughs> um well, the thing is, okay, <clears throat> it was kind of um, a culture shock. Yes. When Okay, when I'm moving to Houston, all I could think of at the time, being, you know, yeah. 12, is there's going to be all these hail... <laughs> Hillbillies? Hail bales of hay <laughs> rolling down <laughs> some dirt street. <laughs> I got there and I was like... You oh my God! Like, here you, is the city. I mean, this is like so one of my fell, favorite cities. So you fell in love with Houston, the city. The city. Yes, and you thought it was going to be like literally with like a Western theme. <laughs> like you thought there was going to be like what do they call those? Uh, tumbleweeds. Yeah. Tumbleweeds. Pick up the mic, motherfucker. <laughs> tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. And it's like, just sit closer. You're like. You're, but you're, that's. I, I, I mean, I didn't have the internet back then to like look up. Texas. Houston. Yeah. Like yeah. I couldn't give a shit at the time. I didn't want to move there, Dad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then Rip. you know, we had a German shepherd too. Oh wow. Sugar. Oh, okay. I saw it. I so think so the story gets then complicated. Sugar got left behind. I think she and liked me for the dog. I think he always wow. lied about it. <laughs> Damn. 
<laughs> well, okay, we're not going to deep dive into that weird father issue with my dad left my dog and then I met a man with a dog. We'll get into that later on the next episode of Two Broke for Therapy with my parents. My dad is about to have a mental breakdown. He's laughing so hard. Um, so you guys had these and uh, No, no. <laughs> my dad clearly... Okay. She liked my dog, too. It's okay. It's No, it's fine. So... Houston was a good experience for you. You would not say that you wish you were not initially. somewhere. Not initially, but you grew to love it. And then you met. I mean, girls were wearing these kind of shirts. <laughs> D- describe your today. hardship. Describe what was hard about it for you at that time in your life. I was still the young girl playing Barbies. With no friends. With a ton of friends in Pennsylvania. But and I had to leave friends. my friends. Yeah. And we didn't leave Pennsylvania until I finished my recital. Oh well, what a lovely, <laughs> what a lovely thing. Now let me ask you this, as kind of a a, a bounce back to you, when you made me leave Huntington Beach during <sighs> my high school career to move to Texas, oh. how did you not feel any remorse or like understanding for why I hated it so much? I was in total remorse. It was so wrong. Well, thank you for saying that. Well, guys, that is a confession that means a lot to me. I would cry, but right now I'm on the podcast. All right, so <laughs> let's get let's get into it. So. I have. I enjoyed driving together though, and listening to all the good tunes <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. listen to, uh, no. and all the pictures of the electric storms, that <laughs> thunder and lightning that you guys took. And that's what I'm saying is I, I have I have a big connection with Texas because I did spend a lot of my summers there with my father and my mother, and of course I did live there in high school for a little bit. Obviously, I hated it at that point. I literally felt like I was living like the prequel to Columbine. You know what I mean? Like, my existence at that school was so futile. You guys have to understand. I'm just going to explain this for the listeners because they'll, they'll feel me. I went to a school I went to a school that was a complete culture shock. I grew up in a Southern California beach community. I moved to a place where people were wearing Hollister shirts that said Huntington Beach. All right? You have to get that. Like, it was a crazy... I played volleyball in high school, and the only volleyball team they had there was a girls' volleyball team. I practiced with the girls' volleyball team. And I, I, I appreciate Houston, Texas a lot is a big part of me that when, you know, the hurricane hit there a couple of years ago, I was definitely sad about it. Or when the hurricane hit there a year ago, I was definitely sad about it. But all I'm saying is, like, I do appreciate Texas a lot, and I do appreciate that that's where, you know, a majority of my roots are from. That's why I ask you your connection to Houston, because I know you are not a U.S. citizen. You're an immigrant you, that has their green card, right? Yes. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying is, like, And I hopefully am. it comes in August. <laughs> well, hopefully I it does, I paid for it a year ago. What your citizenship? I re yeah. Oh, your green renewed card. my green card, and they haven't sent it yet. Okay, <laughs> but yes, like you have a green card, so it's like you aren't a U.S. citizen, and your travel to Southern California is very interesting to me. And same with you. But Houston has always been a part of our lives, where we go back and forth to Texas. It's where I used to call home as a kid because that's the only connection to a sense of home I had I had most of my family there every relative I had whether they were a British born person or a Texas born person it's like all my cousins were from Texas they're not from England their parents had that kind of different culture reality when they were growing up but everyone that I go and see you can ask dad right now when we went back for our lovely grandma's funeral your mom mom like everyone in Texas is Texan you would be able to describe that as like everyone is just living like the most Texas reality they possibly could right Absolutely. Every day they hunt and they fish and they live in a different world. They wear camouflage. They don't look anything like us. And you aren't necessarily that kind of person either, Dad, which is why California was so suited for you, right? Absolutely. When I 
there I feel like I don't belong there. There's like a, I'm an alien in their country and I just kind of like walk around going, this is weird and these things, I don't understand them. And I'd go to the mall just so I could see the pier. And that's what I'm saying. He used to go, my dad used to go into Hollister stores by himself so he could see a live stream of the Huntington Beach Pier. That's how like much he cares about the state of California, the place I'm from. And now I love California. I, I think I will die in the state of California one day. But I'm from Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing my dad just described, like, towards my age of enlightenment, right? Like when you're 18 and 20, you kind of get a better understanding for who you are and what life really is because you aren't in a structured school system where you have expectations. Like you are free to do what you want. I was in the same mental limitation as you felt. Like I felt like all these people were drones. I felt like the politics were super scary. I hated hearing my friend's parents say, oh, the Mexicans are coming to clean our house this weekend. Like that shit pissed me off. And you also know we didn't grow up in the highest class neighborhood or a high class life, right? And now I could tell you both this and I hope you understand that I'm saying this, like that is my perfect type of existence. I loved that I didn't have that lifestyle. I think I worked harder. I think I cared a lot more about different things like you guys than most of the people that had a lot of that money and stuff. Like I I say I grew up in million dollar homes, but Mm. they weren't my home. I grew up in people who had maids come over I knew the maids I knew everything and I would go to like all these different houses and live like basically different lives with all these different people but I always came home to our shitty apartment where you guys were and that was the only thing that at the end of the day I cared about Mm -hmm. it was a lovely way to be raised and I just want to say both since I have you both here that I do appreciate it and I wouldn't have traded it for the world if we could have had a two million dollar home I got a Jeep Expedition <laughs> when I was like 16 and like started slamming pussy when I was 14. That just wasn't my existence. That is the Huntington Beach existence. That wasn't my existence. And I'm glad that the existence mm-hmm. I had was one where I could leave that place just like my father did and find a place where I feel way more comfortable around my surroundings, mm-hmm. which is a total full circle to what you explained when you said, I love uh, San Francisco for that reason. It's a place mm-hmm. of, you know, exception and, and a place of, Acceptance. you know, freedom. And that's why I like it up here. I left a place that I still have a deep connection to, like you have to Texas and like you have to Texas, but I moved to a place where I feel more like myself than I did at home because I'm surrounded by people more like-minded. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you both for allowing me to move up here. I mean, Dad didn't really have a say in the matter. He was just like, go for it. But you specifically, Mom, like, it means... Well, I've moved back now to Orange County. Well, of course. Like, you you only were in Texas for like six months, you know? I knew yeah. that that was futile. But I'm saying, like, you're in Orange County again, which is so nice to have a home to go back to with everybody again. And it's like, that's why I like going home. And Gotta it's nice be back to in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and we're back in the neighborhood. Like, you know, we are some deep Orange County heads, right? Like, you know, we, we lived that experience for like 25 years. Like, we were like surf rats. Like, yeah, you, know, you we guys. We lived two blocks from the beach. We, I used to not have a curfew. And that was like the perfect way to be raised. You like, spend I made the my day mistakes. at the beach. You'd be building those, uh, those forts. Uh, <laughs> Bamboo. Out of bamboo. Of course. And I still do that to this day. I literally was at like Fort Funston, the place that you could see from my window like a year ago, building mm-hmm. a bamboo fort with somebody because that's what I do when I, there's a bunch of wood at the fucking beach. What you else know? do you do? And I just want to say thank you both. And I love you both. And I hope you understand that. And I hope mm-hmm. that it's a deeper understanding as we get to know you as you go along. And that's something that I kind of want to get to with our first listener question, which I'll, I'll ask in just a couple minutes. But I'd like to ask you one more thing because I would like to have you both on the podcast again to talk about my actual life, like raising me. I would like to know about that stuff, but I'm just glad to have the history of you recorded and shared with people that I care about, which are the people that listen to my podcast and actually spend an hour of their week with me, whether Mm -hmm. they're literally with me or not. And 
I do want to hear you guys talk about what it was like to raise me because I don't think it was that easy, but I do think it was easy enough. And you were easy. Thank oh wow, thank you so much. Um well I hope that there's a little bit more meat to just you know, that easy grilled cheese. I hope that there's at least some some, you know, steak or something in there that I can get into. Because I am interesting in my upbringing, like from a God's eye view, like you guys watch me grow up. I only grew up. And that's something I'd like to get to in another episode of the podcast that I hope I can bring you guys to because when I go to Southern California, we're all together. This is just rare that we're all together up here in Northern California, San Francisco. But all I have to ask is one thing. If you guys could both just say the quality of the other parent that you see in me. So like, mom, what do you, what of dad do you see in me? And dad, what of mom do you see in me? You can think about it for a second. If you good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so dad, why don't you start us off? You look like you're about to bite off my hand at that question. No, I can see your mom every day when I look at you. Every day I talk to you, I see your mom in you, in your eyes and in your soul. Wow, well, thank you so much. And mother, what do you see? Wow. <coughs> no, your dad. <coughs> Sorry, my mom's crying, guys. Mother's no, your dad. dad, I mean, he gives you adventure, freedom, intelligence. <laughs> Oh wow! All of that, those kind of things. Well, but I, I feel like, you know, I think you have a, a lot of both of us in you, and, and you're a responsible kid, and you have goals, and you're very outgoing. And that's something that you love about me, and I love you too, mom. You don't have to. I appreciate you saying everything that you said, and I, I hope that I can only impress you guys more and more as I get older and I hope that I can one day be able to take care of both of you and that's it I just want to be a better person for you both but it's hard to be better than my parents when I do have two people that were very good to me and I know we had our ups and downs as a family but like I said it was a roller coaster that I didn't sign up for but I had a season pass to that I got <laughs> when I was born and that's a great analogy yeah I I'm filled with them but <laughs> thank you uh, but that's something I that gave them to you, whatever. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. I don't want to get into that. But the season pass that I had to my life and, like, with you guys, like, I wouldn't have traded in my roller coaster ride for the world, although I think that I had to grow up a little bit faster than I might have had to. It's something that I still think led me to be able to be where I am today. So I love you both. Can we all say we love each other? I love you, Stephen. I love you, Mom. I love you, Stephen. I love you, Dad. Now say it to each other. I love you, Debbie. I love you, Steve. Beautiful. I knew that. I love you, Delaney, if you're listening. And Delaney, we're not freaking we about you. We love you, Delaney. That's you're my sister. She, hopefully, she'll be on the, the next one, because I would love to have her listen to oh, you guys tell gonna us. she's going to be way more intelligent than we were. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. She's a very well-spoken person who dives deep into books. I always tell people when I talk about my sister that she's, they're like, oh, what's your sister like? I'm like, she's way smarter than me, but not as like social. But I think that that's like also to her benefit in the same way that it is also like to me a benefit to be kind of outgoing and wacky. So we'll get to that in a different podcast. But for now, I want to ask you guys something that someone asked me. All right. They did submit their question to at two broke for therapy.com slash submit. And they want their question answered. And I have two great people to help answer this question because this is something we got over as a family or at least the mental bridge. But this person didn't give me a name to the question. So that means we have to think of a name. Dad, if you had to think of your favorite surfer, what's his first name? Sean. Sean. Mom, if you have to think of your favorite musical artist's last name, what would it be? Really? Dylan? <laughs> Boom. There we go. So Sean Dylan asks, recently, I turned 21 
and I drink and I smoke weed. My biggest hump right now is I can do that with my friends, I could do that around strangers, but I can't do that around my parents. How can you be open with your parents? They reference me in the, in the thing because they know that I am very open with both of you. How can you be so open about doing substances with your parents and how do you get to a level of comfortability doing so and being honest with them about your vices? Imagine me, right? Like my, impl my implementation of doing this stuff in front of you is I just turned 21, I started drinking beers around you, mom. And dad, like, I mean, you know, I, since I knew what pot was, I was pretty much like, oh, my dad smokes pot. Didn't really bug me ever because it wasn't really a negative like connotation in my mind. I just didn't do that. So the first time I ever smoked pot, with my dad, who is, like, a pretty legendary stoner for the most part when it comes to, like, how much he's... Well, I don't want to say that, but he's a legend in the field, Medicine. all right? He, he has his doctorate. If he had to put in his 10,000 hours, like, he would have put him in. So the first time I ever smoked weed with my dad was I was at my grandma's funeral, and I land at the airport in Houston, and my dad literally picks me up, and I thought that I was going to be, like, in a five-day drought without weed. I was look, actually kind of looking forward to it. Like, I need a mental break. But the first thing I do when I get in the car is my dad says, your aunt's a foster parent for 26 dogs. We're going to go over there and smoke some weed. I turn to my sister in the backseat and she just shakes her head like, yes. And I was like, let's do it. And the entire rest of the trip, we were hanging out. I was drinking with you and my aunties and I was hanging out with dad and smoking pot in the backyard. And literally at my grandma's funeral, we, sm we all smoked a huge blunt with all of our cousins. Like that's how we sent off grandma. Shout out to her lovely lady. But she let us all be together again. And that's what we did. And for me, it just kind of happened, right? Like, you guys were just accepting of my choices because you've always been. But this kid sounds like n his parents just aren't really, not open, but more just like he's just never done that or risked it in front of them, right? Like, I turned 21 and I just kind of did it, right? But would you recommend, like, an open conversation with your parents or would you recommend just being like, what did you do on your 21st birthday or what have you been up to? Be like, oh, I go out with my friends or, you know. I'm, I would never say, oh, I got my medical card, obviously, but you would be <laughs> like, you know, oh, like, you know, my friend's dad smokes cigars a lot, and it's like, why don't you just, like, walk back there and light a joint if you feel like it, you know? It's, it's legal in the state of California, and, like, I know that it's going to take a while for that to become regular, but in your guys' opinion, would you recommend, like, someone talk to their parents about this kind of stuff if it's on their mind? It's always about communication. It's always about communication, right, Dad? Like, if I came up to you probably in high school and was like, I, you know, and thinking about smoking weed, what would you think you would have said? Be very careful. Mm -hmm. And you would have given me the usual advisory. It's just kind of like talking yes. about sex, right? It's kind yes. of like take the precautions needed and don't do it in mm -hmm. too much, right? Like you would say the same thing. That is correct. Well, I just think that um, if that person just opens a conversation up with the parent, and I know they may have different perspectives, but just just to open it up as a general idea of, you know, what do you think about this kind of stuff, about this stuff? And if they have a negative idea, maybe you like wait a couple of years or not even like maybe just start or what's acceptable in their presence. I mean, what are you asking permission? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Like, no. It's more just like they want to be themselves at home when they go and visit. I, I think, think they should know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they went to college. parents probably know. OK, so that's what you're saying. But. So do you think you would have you would have known like if if I I don't think you need to have a conversation about it because you're an adult, right? Look, everybody's different. Everybody's different. So it's you already know what to perceive from your parents. I know what to perceive from my parent versus you know what to perceive from your parent because he's more open. Yeah. Than your my British <laughs> or fist. his, you know, 
father as a you know enforcement law (laughs) okay he's a police officer you know whatever you know what i'm saying yeah uh so you just so you think it's a communication or you think it's about how you were brought it's nature versus nurture right it's like if i otherwise it just sounds like you're asking permission can i smoke in front of you mom oh uh, not in front of your friends though Okay, so, but we, we can maybe smoke some once in a while, right? Or that's never going to happen. I mean, you're... Did you ever hide it? Like, were you ever concerned about, like, their opinion? <laughs> of course. And that's what I'm saying. Always. And that's what this person is feeling. Like, do you think that you would have felt comfortable talking to them about it? Because you did, didn't you? You talked to Grandma about it. Yes, I feel... But, you know, that's something he has... To, that it's, relationship it's a, that he already has with his parents, if, if he's able to... I would say this. I, I, I get everything you're saying, and I think, yeah. I think I can summarize it perfectly. I think it's a hill that you have to get over mentally, and I think once you get over that hill of talking about it and being open with your parents about something that you do enjoy and does help relax you, everyone on this earth has their vices. Everyone has a crutch they like to lean on once in a while to help them relax and help them get over their day. Life's fucking hard, man. Everyone knows that. Anyone over the age of 21 knows that life is hard, unless you've been drunk for the last four years at college, which then you're in for a rude awakening when you're 22 and walk out of that fucking college, my son. Shout out to everyone in the marina suffering right now with that life decision. But life is real, and everyone has something that they hang their hat on at the end of the day that helps them relax, whether it's fucking watching eight hours of Netflix or smoking a joint and listening to music. Everyone does these kind of things, and if you get over that personal and mental hill of being open with your parents you never know the doors it can open i never knew the doors it could open with you two by drinking in front of you and i never like i knew i would smoke weed with you one day dad but i never knew how to go up to you and be like let's do it although i'm sure you would have just been like hell yeah man high five let's (laughs) fucking hit the beach like it's this not unless you're 18 and that's what i'm saying now it's 21 legally in the state of california so things are changing and it's recreational things are changing parents are going to have to change i don't know where you're from uh sean dylan but all i have to say is this like if you live in like a restrictive household, start a conversation, get over that hill yourself, and then your parents will see that you made an effort to at least talk to them about that. And the communication is key, just like Dad said. Don't just light up a joint in front of them. Don't just start drinking unless they offer you one. If they offer you a drink, be like, yeah, take that drink. That will help you get your foot in the door, and that will help you be more open. I know I didn't get very comfortable with my parents as social creatures until I was over that age. Like, some people don't really know their parents. Like, I just asked you guys a bunch of questions, right? Like, how many people know how their parents actually met? How many people, like, can smoke weed with their dad and talk about life topics? How many people get this experience that I have? And that's what I feel like most people do want in this world of everyone is an adult. And that's what I think he's having a hard time dealing with. Well, hopefully you know your parents well enough so where you wouldn't even have to ask the question. I like that. But if you have to, I say you just ask it. Wow. Communication. Beautiful. My dad has said communication into the mic three times this whole question, and that's the only advice he's given. It seems like he's pretty sound on that communication tip. Mom, I appreciate all your outlook and advice. Good job answering that question, guys. My dad's shaking my hand for some reason. I appreciate it. Very, very political. Now, the last question I want to ask you both, because this person (laughs) uh, actually asked me a pretty funny question. The title of the question is Moving Out. I just graduated college, and I'm about to move out of my house and move roughly 60 miles away from my family. My mom seems to be having a hard time with it, and I don't know how to deal with my emotional side of this as well. Could you give me any advice on what it's like to move out for the first time or any way you could tell me what your parents went through when you moved out of your house? Now, I moved out when I was 18. I did move like two blocks away from where you lived, and then you ended up moving as well, but... 
when I moved out and you guys weren't around me all the time, especially me being up here in San Francisco, like, how do you feel about that? Like, was it a hard decision or is it something that grew easier? Or was it something that grew to be easier with time? Or is it something that you're still dealing with and it's always going to be something you deal with because you're a fucking parent? Well, I can go back generations or I, we can talk about your generation. Talk about my generation. Okay, so your generation, I just want to see you move forward. So do you think that that's You like know, you should be going after your goals or whatever your goals are, you know. Just keep going forward. And you think that moving, if moving out is essential to that person going forward, that you, I, obviously I don't think this person's parents has any like, you can't go. I think it's more like, it's just sad. They're just asking like, how, okay. how did you deal with it? That's all. I just want you to fulfill your dreams, and I'm going to be so very supportive. But They want you to do better. They want you to move forward, and they want you to live a better well, life. Well, there must be a, a reason why this person wants to live 60 miles away. Well, I'm sure it's just probably a job opportunity or anything like that, right? Exactly. Like, it could be anything. It's not like they're like, fuck my parents, I'm out. And I mean, and if they are, it's like, to be honest, like, if you don't miss your parents, <laughs> wait till you live <laughs> over 18 miles from them because you're, you will want to go back, and you will yeah. want to see them. Well, nobody ever wants your children to live too far away. You know, we want to be part of your lives. Yeah, like imagine if I moved to New York instead of San Francisco like I wanted to. That'd be a bitch. <laughs> it was not going to happen. <laughs> so how, how do you think? Um, what, what you have to realize there's a, you're, as a parent, the child lives at home for so long that you become loose, used to them. They're there. You're like a part Constant. of the furniture. They're a furniture. They're a piece of the house. Oh, thank you. They, I An mean, object. No, you, belong, you belong in that house. And then when you're gone from that house to house, it feels like there's something missing. So what you'd have to do is let them know that you think of them the same way they think of you as you're gone. Well, that's a it's lovely about, thing to it's about. It's about communicating with them. And that's, that's true. And that's something I do think I could work on a little bit better. I do think I could talk to you guys more. I just, like, really don't talk to anybody except, like, my bed when I'm asleep in it and work. But, I, you know, I try to send the text out. I try to talk to you about basketball. I know I could call you more often, and I know I could call mom more often, and it's something I, I do want to work on. Oh, I know the door's always open and the line's always hot. But that's the best part about it is, like, if I had to get on a motorcycle and leave this place because of some crazy earthquake, I know exactly where you are, and I know exactly where you are. And the best benefit is, like, you always know your parents are there for you, and that's the thing you need to hang your hat on when you move out is like that support system is still there. The net might be fa farther away, but it's still there to catch you if need be, and also they're there to support you because just like my mom said, they want you to challenge yourself and live your dreams. That's the whole human experience, and I know my dad says all I want you to do is live your human experience, whether it's good or bad, just live, correct? Breathe. Breathe. Keep breathing. That's my dad's whole MO. Keep, keep breathing. Whether it's lungs filled with any sort of substance, no, it's medicine. <laughs> it's medicine. But would I'm you agree breathing. with that? Would you agree with that, mom? Basically, you always have a home. You always have a home, and you always have a support system. And you got to keep going. They want you to keep going, right? Like you Just wanted me to keep going. Live your life. And if you need to come and live with your family again or anything like that, always be there. welcome. Yeah, right. The door is always open. Door is always open. Says it on the doormat. <laughs> oh, I hope not because otherwise someone's going to come in and fucking murder you. We anyway, got room. guys, I'm going to end it there. Thank you guys so much for submitting questions. You guys could always do so at Too Broke for Therapy slash submit or at TBFT Podcast on Twitter. Thanks everyone for listening to this uh, great sit down conversation I had with my parents. I'm, I'm very happy to get to do this and share this with you. There's been tears, there's been laughs, there's been great things I've learned. And I just want to say one thing 
I love you both, as we've already said to each other. And do you guys have a, do you guys have a Twitter or anything people can find you on? I'm just kidding. No, I'd <laughs> like to give <laughs> what say. It. I'd like to give a shout out to your whatever you keep saying, and I can't say it. Too broke for therapy. Too broke for therapy. Dot com. Dot com. Slash submit. Slash submit. Trust me, once you say it a thousand times, it becomes very slash easy. To what? Slash submit. Like, you know, submit, submit. a question. Yeah. Submit. Slash submit. Exactly. So if you guys uh, didn't get that the first time I said it, it's now been said eight times over Mom and over. Mom. Submit. Okay. Do not. <laughs> now my mom sounds like a robot. Too broke for whatever.com? Too broke for therapy. <laughs> well, I should have get some therapy. Okay. Edit. Edit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say too broke for therapy. Give him the Too broke for therapy. Say it. Too broke for therapy.com. <laughs> Slash. Slash. Submit. Okay, now say it each, all right? Ready? <laughs> yeah. Too broke for therapy dot com slash submit. Okay, let's do it again. Too broke, broke for, for therapy, therapy dot, dot com, com slash submit. submit. All right, guys, I hope you could understand that. Thank you guys so much for listening to this part Love of the you, podcast. Steven. We're going to get into uh, recommendations and stuff like that later with me. Let's listen to this song. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I hope we can do this again on Too Broke for Therapy, you guys. And happy Mother's Day. I know it's late, but earthquake. the earthquake is happening again. We got to get out of here. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on his way. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to that great interview with my parents. I hope you enjoyed that. And I'm going to get into recommendations right now. First things first, my biggest recommendation, obviously, is to do something similar to what I just did with my parents with someone that you care about in your life, because I do think it's super valuable to have these conversations saved with people that you really care about. And that's something that you can hold on forever. But I have two huge updates. Number one, Trader Joe's item watch. They just released hot Cheetos at Trader Joe's. You know, they're definitely not hot Cheetos, right? But I do have a bag right in front of me. And keep in mind, I'm not sponsored by Trader Joe's, but I am a social advocate for them. They're called Spicy Cheese Crunchies. I do not co-sign that title of this snack, but I do say that they are goddamn delicious. They're almost like hot Cheetos with lime, but in a bag for $1.99. You cannot beat it. I bought two bags when I was at Trader Joe's on Sunday, guys. Get on top of that shit. And the last thing that I would recommend this week, for my birthday, if you guys could do one goddamn thing for me, please submit a question to the podcast, to Broke for Therapy slash submit at TBFT Podcast. We need questions. We're about to have a couple more people come on the podcast. I need some new stuff to ask. I've got a couple of questions backlogged, but I would love to have more. If you guys could give me a gift, that's what I would want. Keep in mind, you don't have to tell me who you are. Just submit a question, no matter what it is. It could be what my favorite kind of dog is, you know. I'll give you the answer. It's an Australian Shepherd. Spoiler alert, motherfucker. Also, eh, Han Solo. Solo is alright. Eh, I think Deadpool 2 is better, but Infinity War, best movie out in May. I'm excited to see what this summer holds at the movies. I got my movie pass locked up. They are a sponsor of our soccer club this year, so I have to represent by saying movie pass is probably the best purchase I've made in a long time. I saw three movies this month for $9.99, and I'm a guy who will now probably go see really shitty movies that come out this summer just because I can see them for free, like the movie Tag, which could be really good, but to be honest, kind of looks like a piece of shit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube it. All right. We'll see you soon. Two broke for therapy. Fuck, I'm four hours away from being 26. Fuck my life.
except I kind of like my life, so never mind. But you know what I mean. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to make it this far, and I hope to keep going. Thank you guys so much. Too Broke for Therapy. I love you, obviously. Look at my gown, I ain't go to play. I'd rather die before I come in life. I ain't felt like this in a long time. I ain't felt like this in a long time. I ain't had shit in a long time. Just to feel like this, it took a long time, yeah. Just to feel like this, it took a long time, yeah. Just to look like this, it took a long time, yeah. Just to look like this, it took a long time, yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to do something right now. Just leave me alone. I'm trying to 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 leave me alone. Shout out, gonna suck to the money. Yeah. I can't wait no dice. Yeah. Pay that bitch to the room. Yeah. I just fucked your dice. Yeah. I need pass to the home. Yeah. Yeah. We might rob your home. We might rob your home. We might rob your home. I'd rather get caught with it than without it. Wake up and smell the motherfucking coffee. I'm about to put the boys in the cows. Just to feel like this, it took a long time, yeah. Just to look like this, it took a long time, yeah. Just to look like this, it took a long time, yeah. I'm Most definitely. With who? No cap and gown, I ain't go to play. I'd rather die before I come in life.
Yeah, by the way, my my dad, you've never even still told your dad that you smoke weed. He does not know that I smoke weed. Uh, He's let's an not announce it today. Man. Yeah, we will not announce it. Luckily, I don't even think he knows what a podcast is. Hopefully, he, he might not even know what FM radio is. It's medicine. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into this last question. Now, this is something that I think you can both deal with, right? Um, this question is very simple. The only the name on the question is Angela. I don't know an Angela, so I don't know who this is. But the only thing is, or the the 